Welcome to the Social Flight Live podcast, an audio version of our live show, hosted every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern at socialflightlive.com. Social Flight is brought to you by Aspen Avionics, Avidyne, Bose Aviation, Continental Aerospace Technologies, Lightspeed Aviation, Massimo Mighty Sat, Tempest Aero Group, and Whip Air. And now, here's your host, Jeff Simon. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Social Flight Live. I'm Jeff Simon. We have such a fun and wonderful show for you this evening. Chris and Kim, also known as Baron Pilot and Flying SIC, are here, and I just can't wait to get to them. Before we get started, just a few things. Of course, um, Social Flight is really, uh, you know, we're absolutely thrilled because we're seeing so many events starting to happen. And I would just want to encourage as many people as possible to get out there and check out socialflight.com and the free Social Flight mobile app for Apple and Android devices. Also, on September 1st, coming up very, very soon, we are giving away a Lightspeed Zulu 3 headset. And all you need to do in order to compete to win this is get out there with the app Fly, check in with our Fly to Win Challenge. You get points for everywhere you land, but in the end, you only have to check in once to be entered into the drawing. The top people on the leaderboard chart will have additional entries that gives them more chances to win. In addition, I would just like to welcome everyone who's also joining us from our Social Flight Live podcast. We just launched the podcast, and after we finish each of our live shows, it also goes live on our podcast. So be sure to check that out on wherever you get your podcast services from. Now, with over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, the Baron Pilot channel is inspiring both pilots and aviation enthusiasts alike to get out there and fly. Together, Chris and Kim share their adventures and their love of flying by taking viewers along for the ride just everywhere that they go. Their new adventure is truly captivating as it follows Kim's journey to go from second in command to pilot in command, including all of the highs and lows that the flight training process brings to so many. I am absolutely thrilled to call them friends and even more excited to have them with us tonight here on Social Flight Live. I'm going to bring them on the line now. Please help me welcome Baron Pilot Chris and Flying SIC Kim. How are you guys this evening? That has got to be the most amazing introduction I think I have ever had. I don't even look, I got chills. I don't even know how to top that. That's amazing. We're fantastic. Thank you for having us on. Oh, you're very, very welcome, both of you. How are you doing tonight, Kim? I'm doing very well. Very well. Thank you. Well, you deserve that and much, much more. I have been not only, of course, friends of yours, but a fan of your show for so many years. I just, I love everything that you're doing. And, and I'm really thrilled uh, to talk in a little bit about what you're doing now and this new adventure with the flight training program. But to bring everyone kind of uh, up to speed, give me a little bit background on, on how you got started uh, with Baron Pilot and, and how, you, how you found each other and how you got going with this amazing channel. Okay, so a story that not a lot of people really know is that we actually met in the TV world. Um, it was coincidentally, we met um, at actually a TPC Golf um, here in Jacksonville. 
and saw each other for the show and then didn't see each other for a whole year. And then the next year we did the same show again and met up and it was like, the show was yesterday and uh, we just picked up where we left off and we became fairly quick friends <laughs> and, um, that was it. And actually I only knew about his, um, TV world for a few months. And then one day he let it slip that he had to go fly his plane somewhere. And I was just like, what, <laughs> who are you? Who is, who is this? And, um, then he was like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm a pilot. No. Oh, yeah. By the way, I have a YouTube channel and I'm like, I'm not getting into this. I don't know what I'm getting into. She was anti it from this is, in the beginning for yeah. sure. She wanted no part of it. Her first flight, I wasn't allowed to record. Like she's nope. In fact, oh really? You look I at thought the, you were you, saying the opposite. I thought at the beginning you're like, oh, tell me more. I like this airplane and yeah, movie well, star thing. The the mystery story goes is that he what he met me in a bar. And that he was keeping his model airplane, showing all the girls, saying, who wants to ride in my airplane? Oh, yeah. And that's how he caught me. Welcome YouTube comments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, so it was completely opposite. I, you know, I'm born and raised in a military town. Um, I'm Navy. I'm a Navy brat. But I was, I've always been around aviation, but GA was not introduced to me. There was, there was... <laughs> <laughs> There was basically, um, you had to be in the military in order to be in aviation. Otherwise, there wasn't anything. So when he came around and showed me GA aviation, I was like, okay, what, what does this mean? <laughs> what, what are these small planes? Yeah, what, it was, what is this? <laughs> have, you ever, wait, have you ever been to a GA airport before, Kim? Um, I don't think I had. Well, you know, I, I mean... Going to air shows, you know, again, we have air shows here in Jack's yearly. So we always went to those, but it wasn't like, again, it wasn't the same. So you just didn't realize. Yeah, it's like that you, you weren't exposed necessarily to the crowd of, uh, you know, hop in a, a small plane and and just just go some short distance kind of thing. Right. Right. Exactly. It's a different, it's a different world. That is for sure. And. And what I'm amazed by is there's so many things that we think of, uh, of these passions out there and or niches similar to aviation. But it, I'd like to think that aviation is one of the most open ones. Like someone posts their head in the door and we, we rip them in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There, you, you don't meet somebody that is not in aviation that doesn't become your family. You know, mm -hmm. you, you just don't. So it's, it's an amazing feeling to be welcomed into something that even people that don't love aviation, people still grab onto them and they're like, yeah, but your spouse does. So that means we treat you equal and you are a pilot. Like you are treated as such. Now, I often say it's a lot like, like um, being a police officer or a fire firefighter, right? Like you can go anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. And first of all, you, you somehow sense that there's another person in the room. Of course, the old adage, how do you know someone's a pilot? Well, he'll tell you. But besides that, you kind of just sense it. You know, I've been around people and they'll say something and I'll tune into a key word. And I'm like, you fly? I'm like, yeah, how'd you know? And I'm like, because you said something and I just tune into it. But, um, but, you know, I describe like Oshkosh, for example, where, you know, Oshkosh, I have 600,000 family members. Yeah, you got a few uncles that you wish weren't there, but you got 600,000, you know, family members. And that's kind of how the aviation world is. You know, we all have the few uncles, but generally speaking, 
you know, we're a tight knit family. And, and I think even in some of the videos, I don't get to show it enough, unfortunately, but, um, you know, we've had occasions where we've landed in a small airport and we've had people we didn't know give us keys to their, you know, $50,000 vehicle to go drive to get lunch because we needed to go eat and they didn't want to drive us to like, just take the vehicle. And you're like, what? (laughs) <laughs> so, um, which I'm still awed by to this day, you know, and it's not because they knew who I was because they had no clue who I was. Um, it was just because I'm an aviator and therefore we're family. And that's fantastic. It's the best it, thing ever. It really is. So, I mean, Kim, I'm interested in your perspective. So much of what we, uh, you know, your new series, all these other things that we'll talk about, but you had this fresh look into this. So, you know, Chris, Chris and I, of course, coming back, we're talking here about how like, oh yeah, it's so welcoming. What was your impression when you first, when you first got to see what this was like? So I, I really didn't know what to expect. And I, I was just trying to take it all in, like just trying to understand being in a small plane and, and, and absorb all that and trying to be like, okay, how, how does one get here? And it's just, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it was, such a blur trying to grasp that very fast once he introduced me to the plane that almost every other week we're flying and I'm like I just don't know what happened to my life like why did I wake up and now I'm living in a plane like it's it's just it's so weird it's it's still weird and I and I still get humbled that that this is my life now and it's 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 crazy weird and, and exciting all at once. She's often said when we're, when we're flying, she's often said when we're flying, she's like, I, I, how did I get here? I can't believe I'm here. Like we're literally like we're at altitude and she's like, I, I can't believe it. And so yeah. She, I'm in a plane. Yeah. She, she says that all the time. She's like, it's so weird. I can't believe I'm still in an airplane. Um, even though I think she's now, you know, earned the right to be in the community. And, and of course the series we'll talk about in a little bit, um, even more so, but, um, yeah so well i think it's always good to practice gratitude right and and we are in in our able to practice our passion and being able to be grateful for that and appreciate it is a wonderful thing to to keep that sense of wonder that either you had as a little kid or you had the first time that you got a chance to go up there uh and uh, decide whether you were actually uh more amazed at the airplane or by the guy you were flying with (laughs) it was definitely the plane it was definitely the plane (laughs) And we're done. <laughs> <And> scene. <laughs> that's that's amazing. So, uh, Chris, tell me a little bit about your background and how you got not just to to being able to fly a Baron, which is one of the really most wonderful aircraft out there. I mean, I obviously I like it. I fly a uh, you know Bonanza. So you had another engine on there, and I'm in awe of what you're flying. So how did you get to that point? And then how did you translate that into YouTube? The short uh, story. The short story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a small window here. Um, so basically, I, I owned a Mooney before I owned a Baron. And um, long story short, I ended up selling a Mooney. And um, I went a couple years without an airplane. It was finally time. Life had everything kind of worked itself out. And now it was time for me to get an airplane again. And so honestly, I wasn't looking for a, uh, a Baron. I wasn't even looking for a multi engine for that sake. Uh, I figured I'd buy another Mooney. I was going to buy a K model, you know, turbocharged Mooney. I loved my Mooney. I just wanted the next level up in terms of being able to get altitude and above 
the weather living in Florida, you know, getting in, you can't get above all the weather, but at least in the teens, you can see stuff a little better and it's a little easier to get around. So that was my thought. And then a friend of mine who, um, uh, I should probably not be friends with anymore because he, <laughs> he told me about this airplane <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, Hey, I know this Baron that you can probably steal. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, every time you hear you can steal something, you know, if I had a dollar for every time, I wouldn't need to steal anything because I'd have the money to buy whatever I want. Um, so I'm like, yeah, whatever, send me the info and, and I'll take a look at it. No, well, long story short, he sent me the info and, um, the plane was up in Schenectady, New York, like nothing like it does now. And I flew up to Schenectady, New York. And I mean, the plane was basically being given away. And so, um, you know, being the, the good negotiator I am, I tried to get the price down even lower. <laughs> at which point the guy laughed at me and said, look, here's the deal. He's like, I haven't even advertised this airplane. If I'm, if I'm going to list it, I'm going to list it for double what we're asking for right now. And I knew he wasn't bluffing. It was a legit deal. And um, so I, uh, long story short, I go, okay, fine. If you will get in the airplane with me and fly it down to Florida, um, I'll buy the airplane. And he's like, yeah, I'll get in the airplane and I'll fly it. And so I don't advise this, but that was my pre-buy. Because <laughs> I knew, like, I was getting it for such a deal. I'm like, if the plane turns out to be bad, I'll sell the airplane and get my money back. If I couldn't sell the airplane because it was such a bad problem, I'll part it out and get my money back. Like, I wasn't worried about it. So um, while I never would advise people to take that route, that's what I did. But for me, so for me, the pre-buy was, are you willing to get in this plane and fly from New York to Florida? Because that's going to tell me everything I need to know. Well, or tell me you're really crazy. One or the other. So he did. He flew in the airplane and we flew back to Florida. He also, um, the guy that it was actually, wasn't the owner of the airplane. He was just someone, is uh, a friend of the owners. And, and it was a guy who just had lots of toys and it was time to move on. And so he was a CFI. And so that worked out good because now I got to, you know, log the instructional time that I needed to. And boom, that was it. And that's how I bought the Baron. And so I had the Baron. And to the other point was how did I get into the video? Um, I basically was looking on YouTube for, for information about flying a Baron because I didn't really know much about it. I'd never flown a Baron. Um, and like I said, I wasn't in the market for one and I didn't really see anything out there. But I did find some videos of um, someone posting like their entire flight on YouTube. And I'm like, well, this guy can do this. Like people are watching it. Well, why, why wouldn't I do it? Well, um, and so that's what I did. So I took a camera and I put it over my shoulder, actually over the shoulder, but, and my very first video had nothing but one camera and music and people tuned in and watched it. I had like a hundred, 200 people watch it. And I was like, wow, 200 people. I don't know. Watch this. I'm like, all right, I'll put another video up. And I put another video up and I did the same thing. And I'm like, wow, people watch that. I'm like, all right, let me get another camera. I should record the audio. And it just kind of evolved. And so I started off with one camera and no audio. And then now I'm seven cameras. Well, that guy that I talked about initially, um, that was Greg, which you may know as um, Greg Mink from Premier One Driver, who, you know, if you follow the channel, um, you've seen that we've become fast friends and, you know, we've flown together and, and Greg's an amazing guy. And um, so I tell him all the time, I'm like, I hope you're happy because because of you, like, you've basically ruined my life. Now I have to sit here and make all these videos and do all this stuff. And so obviously I say that with tongue in cheek, but, um, so Greg's the blame for, for the channel. Uh, my other buddy's to blame for the Baron and, um, and I'm to blame for the single that we're about to buy. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and now thanks to the series we're on, it's probably going to lead to having a single. So that's what awesome. 
That's awesome. And now just to, to make sure I understand, so your background before that, I mean, you, you fly a, a lot of different aircraft. So the experience level that you have is not, I want to make sure people understand what level pilot you actually are. So that's my favorite. So that, that was my best kept secret for a long time because I loved the comments that told me basically how horrible of a pilot I was and how I didn't know what I was doing, which was always great to me. And um, because to your point, yeah, I, I'm an ATP rated pilot. I actually have um, five type ratings. Um, I currently fly a Lear, Learjet 60. Um, I'm single pilot typed in the Citation Mustang. I um, used to fly the 500 series Citation 1s and 2s and the uh, Citation 650s, which was the 3s and the 7s. Um, so, yeah, I've done a little jet flying. Um, uh, I still, in fact, if anyone watching uh, is looking for a contract, uh, Lear 60 pilot. <laughs> <laughs> now, Get a hold of Jeff. Get a hold of me. Let me know. I'll be the flight attendant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? You, got, you have me a flight attendant now. Now we're... <laughs> Now we're on board. We can charter yeah. some. So, Kim, was this part of the 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 uh, little uh, download that he gave you as far as like why you're safe to fly with him in the beginning when you first met? Did you, a little? Did he drop any jet pilot? No. 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 Really? He just said, "Get in the Baron." I I I I think I know how to fly this. Yeah. So I am. I was obviously at that point oblivious to. Um, making sure somebody's safe to fly with, you know, because you think it's like a car that anybody can do it within reason. Obviously you're like, okay, well, if you're licensed, then you can do it. Now, again, we, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a very loaded statement. We all know, but I was oblivious and now I'm like, oh, I want to go fly with that person. And he's like, you don't know them. Nope. <laughs> I'm like, I have no ability to fly with anybody yeah. because he's so protective over making sure that they can't just be a pilot. Like they have to have skill and they have to have knowledge and, and they basically have to get a background check before he can get in the plane. So yeah. Listen, it's precious cargo. So I just, <laughs> You know, you got to make sure that your, 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 yeah. your dad slash fiance who's looking out for you to make sure that you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, just yeah. does, he just doesn't want me to fly and get enough experience that I'm better than him. That's all oh. that is. Oh, he doesn't want to get different perspective on things. Okay. I got it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. No, you know, I mean, listen, if anyone who's been flying for a while, I mean, it's not even, it's no disrespect to any, we, we've all come We've all been there, right? We all started as zero time pilots. We all worked our way up, right? And and it has nothing to do with if you have a type rating or you don't have a type rating. Like I, that, you don't even have to be an ATP. Like I, none of that's important to me. Um, what's important to me is number one is are you you know a skilled pilot? And and a skilled pilot is to me isn't even necessarily that you have amazing stick and rudder skills. It's that you make good decisions, right? You know the the best of pilots. Um, make the decisions that they don't need the best of skills, right? And so I'm a big believer of that. So um, for me, it's, it's I need to know like what kind of pilot you are. And then there's also just the equipment as well. Like you can be a great pilot, but if the equipment isn't properly taken care of and maintained as an AMP, you can appreciate this, you know, that adds a whole nother level. And so, um, you know, there were things that I flew when I first started flying that I would never fly today, nor would I allow her to, to get in today that I did. So, um, you know, you just view things differently as, as you get more knowledge and experience, you start to view things different. With that being said, you know, 
Obviously, okay. I fly a piston airplane. I, you know, twin engine. I'll gladly get into to a single. I wish I still had my money. Oh, that's funny. Um, <laughs> I didn't say which single. Like I won't fly the one fifty two like I trained in, but um, but you know, there are certain airplanes that you know that I'd gladly get into. It for me, it's just a matter of I just need to know. Some, you know, it's precious cargo. I mean, it, listen, it's it's like anything else. You would you would you let you you know you you've got boys, right? Would you let them get in the car with just any any other Kid, or do you want to know who it is they're getting in the car with and know that they're going to make smart decisions? Oh, you're absolutely, absolutely right. Uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting, I think, on a couple levels. On one level, of course, that's that's the truth, right? We all uh, trained and did things that we look back and say, like, man, like, I, I can't believe I did that or I can't believe I flew in that that plane and I don't want my kids taking that risk. I don't want anyone I care about taking those types of risks, even though I, I did that. And then at the same time, I always kind of question that, that view that we all have of why is there a difference of things that we would do ourselves versus we would do with passengers? Um, and that seems to, how do you feel about that? That we would do ourselves today? <laughs> Yeah, like even now, it seems most pilots that I've talked to, and and I fight it even with myself, I would sit there and go, yeah, you know, I would make that trip if I'm doing it on my own right now, or I would do this. I wouldn't do it with my kids in the back. It's hard to force yourself sometimes to view that differently. And yet, if you ask the other person, if you ask your kids, if you ask him, you know, looking at that, they'd say, "I, I would imagine, I would hope, you know, would say, uh, I don't want to lose you. So I don't want you making any different decisions than you would make with me. Right. So I think for myself personally, um, I think I'm past that. Honestly, I don't think that I'll do a trip now that I wouldn't necessarily do with her in the airplane. I think what I would do is like, if I needed to test something, if there was like a, a if I need to do a test flight and I felt it wasn't safe because it's a flight that has to happen. I, I don't have get there itis. Um, so I don't know that I would do a trip that I wouldn't do with her. I don't enjoy, um, I don't enjoy turbulence. I'm not a, a, a daredevil. I don't like roller coasters, right? Um, there's certain things I just don't do. So I think for me, it's more of, I used to get into airplanes that I wouldn't get into today. But in terms of the actual flight, I don't know that, that that's the case short of, I need to do a maintenance flight, make sure this is okay. It's better if you're not in the airplane. Right. But it has to happen type, type scenario for me. But, that um, but that's also because, because um, you know, I don't want to miss out on, you know, a day of her life that I don't have to either, you know, or, or you know, my son's life. You know, I don't want to miss a day of that either. So to me, missing that is just as bad as, as them not being there. So I don't ever want to. That goes in my thought process, I guess, is an easy way to That's say That's a great way. And I'm and I'm I'm absolutely thrilled that you're at that level. And it tells me I've got a little way to go myself. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're building back there. <laughs> uh, so Kim, I, I, I want to get towards you know where you're going with the series. And so tell me a little bit about at what point did you start becoming interested in left seat? In in you know, was there a progression towards this? What what got you there? So I think in all honesty, it was inevitable. Um, we all kind of knew 
that it was going to happen. Um, the expectation is extremely high for our um, our followers. It's extremely high. <laughs> you <laughs> and, you um, were peer pressured by your followers into becoming a pilot. No, and but it, it, it play a role, yes, but it, it more played a role in getting me to do it faster, even mm. though the past two years have been not easy to get it done. But um, it played a role in me doing it faster than me going, okay, I'll do it in my own time. Um, unfortunately, I had the ability to be in a plane all the time because I was always, I always had access to the twin. So I didn't have that itch to constantly want to fly and be like, oh man, I really need to get in the air because we were always in the air. So that spoiled me to the point where I'm like, it, it's okay, it'll come. Whereas people are on the ground going, I wish I can get in the air. And I'm like, yeah, I'm already there. And that's a bad thing for me. That's a, an extreme disadvantage that I feel like um, didn't give me as much as an urge that I should have because I was already spoiled with a plane to fly in. Mm. But that didn't mean that I didn't want to. Um, right. I, I think from day one, I was always curious, but again, I, I always felt like it wasn't a reality. It wasn't something that I could easily do again, because we've got the twins. So it's that much harder to go and find a plane and do a, do a school because of course you want to do it in your own plane. And, I mean, I think if you look at the, at the progression of the videos, even early on, right? Like her very first video, it's one of the things she brought to the channel that, that I really loved. And I, I didn't realize she'd bring to the channel when she finally agreed to allow me to film the flights. <laughs> um, is that she was always from day one, she always started asking questions. You can always see that there was a level of interest because she wanted to know she's very analytical. And so um, I think she was had a level of complacency, which is why she kind of needed the push. Now, I, I will argue that, um, you know, the, the push from the viewers is, is somewhat self-imposed. I mean, if you, if you listen to the viewers, well, the channel will be a thousand different directions and we probably wouldn't even be flying based on some of them, but especially me. But um but with that being said, she had always asked the right questions. And I think analytically, she needed to wrap her head around everything. And I am, you know, while I do feel some of it self-imposed, I am glad that she did get a push, wherever that push came from, to actually then take the next step to actually begin the training. Mm -hmm. um, in which case, she went from complacent to um, a, a little secret out, which is in between. Uh, so we started the series. Um, which, which released last week and the next video will come out tomorrow actually. Um, but she, so she did her training. Well then Oshkosh came. So we, we had to stop training and go to Oshkosh. Um, unfortunately we got to be able to pay for all this kind of stuff. So I had to go back to work. So we had to take a little hiatus from it. And then now we're going to go back and continue the training with sporties. Um, and then as soon as she was, when she was there, she was getting tired, she was getting burnt and you'll you can kind of see that in the videos as they progress. And as soon as we left and she wasn't flying, she turned to me and she's like, oh my God, I think I get what people are talking about now. I want to go flying. I miss fly not flying. And I'm like, boom, like to me, like chills. Like <laughs> that was the moment that I'm like, yes, yes. Okay. This is, you're doing it for the right reasons. You're doing it because you want to do it. You have that bug. Cause I didn't want her doing it for, for me. 
I sure didn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wanted to know how to land an airplane. That I did want. But I didn't want, you know, learning to fly for me. I sure didn't need to do it for the channel because that wasn't part of the channel. And I definitely didn't need um, to do it because of, the, because of, you know, the subscribers and viewers wanted to see it happen. I wanted it to be, that's what she, she wants to do. Right. Well, Kim, she, I mean, now the bug bite. There's, there's obviously a big difference between a lot of the core, there's courses, there's short classes, there's things that have to do with cockpit cool and right seat and, and all sorts of things to be, you know, what some people's motivation of is of, I want to be know enough and be safe enough to like land the plane in emergency if something happens to you or something like that. That's one level. It's a whole nother level to have that desire to do it yourself. It, it really is. And, and. I had kind of realized that being right seat is just being right seat. Like it's important, but you can only do so much. You're only setting yourself for so much knowledge. And after I'd say a good solid week of training, I realized what a difference it is being in that left seat and, and, it's a whole, it's literally a whole nother world. It's, it's a foot away, but it's a whole nother world and a different meaning to being in. <laughs> it's a whole different meaning. It's a whole different meaning from being in the cockpit. Yeah. And I was a little bit more humbled and appreciative to, to finding that drive. And that's, and and I knew that that's kind of what I needed is I'm very hands-on. So I needed to be in the cockpit training to understand how that left seat was going to actually feel. Right. And so how different is the left seat? Oh, like, how different is the left seat? What can't you do in the left seat that you always do in the right seat? I don't know. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say sleep. <laughs> it's not that I can't. <laughs> It's that I don't have time. So I never eat. And if you if you're in the videos, you'll see she's always eating, and everyone's always coming by her eating. And I rarely eat when I'm flying. I just it's not something that that I do. And um, so she finally she said, "Now I understand why you don't eat when you're flying." I'm like, "Thank you." No, except for you know what? I'm doing Kim, maneuvers. Don't, don't I'm doing the, the microphone flips right up. You can you can <laughs> eat drink. I'll tell you right now that that's just particular to to Chris. <laughs> Well, you know, in, in honor of my CFI, um, I try and respect him. Every time I would take like one hand off the yoke, he's like my controls. So I was like, oh man, he doesn't want me to have like one hand off this yoke at any point in time. So I like learned quickly. It was like, respect, respect the CFI and his rule and, and don't, don't like take your hand off the yoke. So I would, we'd land and I'm like, jugging or chugging my water like crazy because I'm like dying in the air, but I'm trying to respect his rule that he wants a hand on the yoke. So there it is. There, there became my, my, uh, standard that I had to live up to. So I didn't get yelled at by Matt. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so take me through your first lesson. Tell me what you oh. remember. Cause it, that's the first lesson is always the biggest one. The, the first, no, the first lesson was fine. I was perfection on the first one. <laughs> she, she was. You'll, you'll see if, if you haven't seen the video yet. Oh, man. The very first one, he was actually amazed on, on how well she was and how well she was doing. And, um, you know, the problem is, is when you start here, you've got only one place to go. And unfortunately, she started here. So the very next flight, 
she came down a little bit. And, and, so, and you're showing with your hands starting at the top, basically, for those who are just listening. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. So basically, so my first flight, um, it was fine. He, you could tell that uh, Matt just wanted to see how comfortable I was in the plane, see my mannerisms and um, and and what my what my skill level was. I mean, you can only watch so much Baron stuff to understand, but it's a it's a different beast. It really is. And being in that left seat, you act different. So you could tell that he was just trying to get a baseline, and my baseline was fine. Like I knew not to death grip. Like it was, yeah, I mean, your baseline's above average. Yeah, but I, (laughs) but I didn't know what I didn't know going into training. And so I think that's where my mental capacity and, and my skill level started declining because it's stuff that we just don't do. It's that stuff that we just can't do in the Baron. And then I'm just like, it's, it's tough. It's tough having an expectation and having as much knowledge as I did and hands on experience flying and then to go into the left seat, into a single, into doing things that you can't practice and and anticipate. And it got bad. (laughs) It got bad. See, that was, that's the cool part of this whole series though, is that you get, we, we share that, right? You get to see the highs and the lows and you get to see, um, her struggles and and not from an edited perspective, right? It's you actually get to hear her thoughts um, because of how I, how we did the video. She, you know, she kind of I, I call it a confessional, right? I sit her down in a confessional, and I get to talk to her before the flight and and after the flight to to get her take on the flight. And I do the same thing with her instructor Matt, and then we put it all together so you get to see and hear her thoughts as well as Matt's. And then see for yourself what's actually happening. And so this series, unlike the, the regular Baron series where, you know, you typically were flying places and you see a lot of flying. This one is you see the flying, but you're not someone who's already a pilot. You're not watching the mundaneness of watching somebody do stalls. Like you're actually feeling what the, what she's feeling and what she's thinking and you're hearing what she's thinking. And so you're understanding her thought process and, and the mental side of what she's going through and her, her struggles and, and her accomplishments for that matter. Um, and that's what, what's being shared. And that's w- what this series brings um, to the table that I hadn't seen anybody else do it to, at this point. No, I, and so, I agree. Um, and you're the producer, right, of this? That's the reason for, obviously, the fact that there's, you know, these two, you're so intimately involved in it. You're, you're producing the series. Yeah, I'm not in, in the video. I'm not training because <laughs> I like my relationship. <laughs> um, so uh, I get to just be a fly on the wall. And so, yeah, I docu- I'm documenting the entire series. We have um, five cameras on, on the airplane, as well as, of course, you know, the uh, I got footage from the ground, I got drone footage, I got all kinds of stuff, and then the conventionals, and then I get to put it all together. And that's why I'm, I'm able to, to pull this stuff out of her. And she, honestly, she never watched a single bit of anything I had done on the footage, and she didn't watch any of her footage um, until, I think she, she actually just saw... When the first video released, you saw the first video. Yes, yeah, so actually, when, when it, it premiered is when I watched. She the never first saw video. any of it because we wanted to keep this as raw and real as possible and authentic. And if she watched my edits as they happened, 
then I didn't want her thinking about, she didn't want, I shouldn't say I, she's the one that didn't want to do it because I actually did sometimes want to show her, but she um, didn't want it to change how she would react or act with the camera around because she didn't, she, it, it's just a fly on the wall. It's just yeah. not playing. To it. And, and it's pretty cool. And there's some vulnerable moments um, that are in it. In fact, I think actually this, the video that comes out tomorrow, um, there's a whole scene or two that wasn't meant for camera. Um, I was trying to do a confessional with her. She was not having it, didn't want to do a confessional. She was, she had a bad flight. And, um, and so far I'm like, okay, like camera's off. Just talk to me. Let's just, just have this conversation. And except I'm being the producer in me, <laughs> I didn't turn the camera off. So, Shocker. um, Shocker. Because that's what I wanted, though. And, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not looking to expose her. I'm not looking to capitalize off. It's not what it's about. The idea is there are lots of people that go and go through flight training, and they, they hit these, these humps in the road. And that's all they are. I hate to even call it a wall, right? It's a hump in the road. But they think it's a wall that they can't get over. And so then they go and they quit, and they, you know, they stop flying. And that's a horrible thing. And they so, guess themselves. They, yeah. And so our, our attitude is that if – if this series can stop one person from giving up flying or encourage someone who say, I don't think I can do it, but I watched her and I saw what she went through and you know what? She overcame it. I can do it. If it can motivate someone or stop someone from doing it, then it becomes worth her being so vulnerable and, and, um, you know, showing that side, you know, that personal side, because it really is as personal as you can get. Um, Cause mm. you know, Typically, you know, we were closed off. Like, even though we share videos, like, it's not really that open and intimate. Well, like so, this and series social is. media is what you want people to see, you know. And in all reality, edited footage and, and social media in and of itself is only what you want people to see of yourself. Um, and that's not what this necessarily is. Like, does it, does it not feel great that I acted the way that I did? No, but I'm not the only person that acts like that. So it's, it's not, I can't be offended if somebody doesn't appreciate how I reacted. Mm -hmm. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. The breakdowns weren't in the airplane. We were going to watch it before. Yeah. I think, I mean, for anyone, whether it's a class you're taking or whether it's learning to fly, there's, there's the, Part that it really always should be about, which is just learning and, and when working on yourself. And then there's always the, the part where you're actually just wanting to please your instructor and you're wanting to do the right thing for them. Did you feel a lot of pressure from that coming from the Baron Pilot series, coming from the fact you had hours and experience before this? Was that playing a role? So there is, I mean, I've, I've said before that there's definitely expectation of, you know, if you go back into the past two years of us teeing this series up, that people are like, you're going to do fine. You do great on comms and you're going to do perfect. You always fly the Baron. And it's like, yes, I do those things, but it is totally different in the left seat, in a single, by yourself, VFR, not IFR, like there's so many levels that what I've already learned don't apply that I'm just a basic student like somebody else. So then I have these people that are like, you're fine. Oh, you're not going to make mistakes. And it's like, 
what is going on in your mind that you think this, you know, and then you're like, well, should I not make mistakes? You know, should I be perfect? Maybe I should be perfect. I, I should have this expectation. And I have very high expectations for myself that not just for the experience that I have, but you know, when I wake up every morning, I better do things on point on time and in the order that I expect them to be done in. And if I don't, then I failed. Like I I'm very hard on myself and that is kind of what I have to get over <laughs> in general, but in, in the training that that's a huge hurdle for me. Hmm. It's hard to fight against the, the kind of the demon of perfection. Yes. Uh, but you know what? Yes. It also tells you that you're a natural for this because good pilots <laughs> are perfectionists and good pilots care about that. That is the truth. She is a natural, you know, going, going through the, the footage and, and editing it made me appreciate even more like watching her. It, it, it's surreal. Like, cause all, all of her experience up until this point had been right here, right? Literally right here to the right next seat. to me. And all of a sudden here I am, I'm seeing her in an airplane that I'm not in. I'm like I'm freaking so, out. It's a little weird. Right. <laughs> And then I see her and she's just sitting there and, and you'll see as the series goes on, you can see the progression of her getting more comfortable. Absolutely. And as she gets more comfortable, it's like, here it goes, my chills again. It, it's pretty amazing watching her. You can just see just the, you watch the confidence grow because you'll see in the beginning, you know, if you watch the last video and, and, tomorrow, and tomorrow's video, like there is no confidence. She has no self-esteem. She has no confidence. She has no self-belief. And which is why I say this, this is all about the mental side of flying. And, um, and then you see that transition, spoiler alert, it transitions. Um, that's why the video doesn't stop. Um, and it transitions to her getting that confidence. And, and it is, it, it's, it's amazing. And then spoiler alert, she eventually solos and I'm on the ground and I'm sitting there. And it was one of those moments where I'm listening to her on the radio. I have my transceiver there and it's sitting there on my side because I am getting the documenting, you know, the landings from, from the ground. And I, all of a sudden one day I'm listening and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm hearing her on a radio that I like through the radio. This is really bizarre. And then I'm looking up and I'm seeing this airplane. And I'm like, I'm hearing her in that airplane and I'm here on the ground. This is like, complete role reversal and it was it was amazing it was fantastic it was weird it was bizarre um but it made me so proud and and so excited for her and her just watching that progression and where she's come and it, wow. it was awesome i mean i think i, I think her her solo i was probably more emotional <laughs> i like not probably i was more emotional for her solo than i was my own and it, it was and i was definitely more emotional than, than she was i think when she sold i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Tim, tell me about your solo. What would it feel like? Oh God, <laughs> you're making me have like PTSD. Um, <laughs> it was a horrible day. And then it turned out like it turned out to be perfection. And I hate saying that because I'm a very, I, I came off from my solo, um, very confident, very proud. Um, but the next day going into the next flight, I told Matt 
um, very specifically, I'm humbled. I'm not cocky now. Like, don't get me wrong. I know that I just did what I did and not a lot of people can say they did that, but I'm not cocky. I'm very, I'm humbled that I am still training. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. And, um, because I don't want to become that person and then have to go dig myself out of a ditch again, mentally or physically and, and have to go through that. I want to just stay higher and, and more confident. Um, this, the solo day had a, had a lot of emotions mm-hmm. to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't aware. I, I knew that there was, so back up, right? We, we all know how solos work, right? So for those who don't know, you go, you, um, you go up with your instructor, you do three landings, right? Beforehand. And I knew she was going to solo on this day. Um, and so you go, you do three landings and after you do three landings then they taxi over and they're basically, they're like, all right, it's all you now. So after she did her first landing, they go and they taxi back cause they're, they're going to go and she, they're going to they do full stop taxi backs. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, why, why haven't they taken off yet? And they're just sitting there, they're sitting on the ground and I don't even know how I'm going to edit this yet. Cause this is where I'm at in, in the edit process. And, and I'm like, they're just sitting there. So when I finally watched the footage, she is full blown. Like, I'm not, I still, we haven't even talked about it. I'm still not even quite sure why she was, but she was full blown, just emotionally lost it. I don't know if it was, if it was anticipation of what's happening. I don't know if it was because of, of where she's at, like in this moment, like, how did I get here? But, um, but she had completely, lost it and then what was really cool is watching her pull herself out of that um matt helped me a lot matt Matt saved me i had a full-blown panic attack that day um in the plane and it (laughs) yeah it it was it was bad It, it was emotional and um matt definitely did he he picked her up he and then it's, their conversations after that like went to like obscure <laughs> stuff which is even funnier um it was, an funnier. Day, it, was yeah. it was funny i should say and uh, and then he, they kind of picked it all up and so she went from that to all of a sudden doing the other two landings and now she's now she's going and off she goes to to do her solo and the other part of that she gathers herself here um <laughs> is that she um on top of all this emotion, right? She's a perfectionist. She wants to get everything perfect, and she's already been beating herself up unnecessarily because um, she, you know, her expectations for herself are so high. And then on top of that, there's two runways, right? It's four and two, two, and four is displaced threshold. It's got some trees on on it, and so you know, four has been her nemesis, right? But thankfully on this day, because you know, the aviation <laughs> gods are looking out for her and they're like, listen, we're going to let you solo today. We're going to make your life easy. So we're going to blow the wind right down to two and you're going to do all your, your landings on two, two. So we can thank the aviation gods for that. Except like every good story would have it. By the time she goes to taxi out, she gets to the runway and she's listening to the ATIS and the winds have. Reversed. All day. They were two, two all day. I get in the plane, I started up, I start taxiing, and that 
lovely wind (laughs) turns to four and I freak out because I'm like, no, I am not doing my solo. No, we're not doing this because this is not going to end well. And Matt was like, I don't care. Do it. And I'm like, are you sure? He's like, you got to go to four. And I'm like, crap. So I puts down to four as slow as I can, hoping that the winds are going to change. And I kill it. She nailed, she did. She, she killed it. It it was, it was amazing. Her landings were spot on. Do you feel, Kim, that having gone through all that process, including the emotional side of it, that it, it makes you that much stronger for knowing you can get yourself out of that panic attack as well? Yeah, it does. I mean, I know for the most part myself that I just got to like put myself in it, let myself have that emotion and then put it aside. Um, I can't, I don't do well with not getting that emotion out. Like I'm going to, I'm going to marinate in that if I don't. So it's better for me to feel it, get it out and then, and then move on. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, I think that's kind of what preemptively happened with the panic attack in and of itself and, and everything else. I mean, it, it, it's what I do. And, and a lot of people don't know that. And that's because they don't personally see that side of me or have to see that side of me. And that's where this comes into play that People don't show that side, you know, uh, mental health is a huge taboo thing in aviation and it should be talked about more and promoted more and, and educated more. But just cause you have a panic attack doesn't mean that you can't fly a plane just cause you have anxiety issues or, or anything. Cause everybody does. A full disclosure too. Like she doesn't get emotional when she's flying an airplane. Like yeah. she, she's. No. She's in pilot mode. She's yeah. in aviator mode. Yeah. It, it's the debrief, you know. Um, it's, again, it's letting it out at that yeah. point. Because now, now I'm having to think about that emotion and think about what happened. And now I'm having to talk yeah. about it and push it through. And that's. I mean, sneak, sneak peek into the series. Um, she actually goes through a full-blown emergency that, that occurs. I don't want to give a whole lot away about that because you've got to watch the series. But um, it's a legit full-blown emergency mayday's called the whole the whole nine yards and um you know in the moment she's in in the moment now she has an instructor with her she wasn't it's not solo you know um so she's got someone there but she she handled like in the moment she handles everything fine she she's an an aviator first you deal with this situation it's you know when she has time to process you know your your mind's your almost enemy and just like when that that day the pre the pre landings right the first landing was fine the taxi back now she's got time to process what, what's happening mm-hmm. that's where where it happens not in the moment so you know I just full disclosure right. you know the, <laughs> she's not she's full not, she's not, not in the airplane I'm not, I'm not, not in the airplane in no. the plane like, yeah. I'm not, yeah. not in the moment no no like, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, on the flip side, like looking at some of the real, you know, positives of your abilities in some of these areas, did you find that this, the pace at which things happen in a complex aircraft like Baron, the, the experience you've had, you're flying right seat during IFR, during approaches at the speeds that they happen, et cetera, 
you, did you feel like any of that helped prepare you or helped some of the process of flying a training aircraft? Um, in theory, I feel like the single was just as fast, but that's because I'm physically doing it. Like I never really, um, handled the plane past, um, that's long final, like five, 10 mile out final. I mean, very early on when I didn't know anything, but you know, I didn't know what I was doing. So it was just kind of like oblivious, but, um, to, to an extent, I think subconsciously there's some knowledge and skill built in to what needs to happen and how it needs to happen. But I feel like the single is just as fast because I'm the one doing it. So it's, it just, it's a whole different world. Yeah, things happen faster when you're yeah. the one when you're the one responsible. That it, makes sense. Even though it's half the speed, it doesn't feel like it's half the speed. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that, like, when I think of of when Jake and Ben did their train their pilot training, they had similar experience. You know, in terms of like looking back and and having done a lot of right seat, but that's it. And but what was interesting is I compared it to my flight training, and there were things that. Um, almost panicked me because it was the first time I'd seen them. The first time I'd ever seen the, the windshield go white going into IMC after I was licensed and ready, but it's still the first time it's there. really happening and I'm the only one doing it. I think for them, they look at that and they're like, well, I've seen the windshield go white as we enter a cloud since I was, you know, two feet tall. Like, it, so at least there's certain things that I, I hope helped them. And I'm, and I'm hoping help you in your process uh, from your experience as well. Yeah, I, I definitely think that um, some training does shift over. Um, could I pinpoint it? No, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm thinking, cause I'm like, you're like, oh, IMC. And I'm going, oh yeah, well, no, because we don't really go IMC. Like he avoids it like the plague. Oh, if we, if we literally have to like go into a cloud and we're on an IFR plan, he's like, this, well, this cloud may or may not be in our path. And <laughs> Here, here's the deal. Is that, bro, see, listen, we're flying in Florida. Like, we don't have the luxury of flying up in the Northeast where you guys have that nice, Stockton. smooth IMC, right? We, luxury? We have, yeah. <laughs> tomato, tomato. It's our perspective, right? For us, you know, being in Florida, IMC, it means, it, you know, typically it's cumulus. It, you know, it's, it's not going to be smooth. It's not going to be a a fun day it's not gonna be a fun ride even a small cloud you know you go into it and you're gonna get jogged especially in a light aircraft so you know i, I view uh, ifr ticket as a ticket to get out of it to you know to not to go into it yes if you got to shoot an approach we've shot approaches you know we've gone all the way down to you know oh, the baron no. we've gone to minimum no. we've, we've gone down to like 500 feet in the baron um agl yeah, once so yeah and that's the idea well the idea is not, you know well we're in florida a lot too but um so the idea is not to, you know, I view it as not to go into it. So yeah. So to her point, we we do try try to avoid that. I try to avoid weather, right? That's, that's what yeah. one thing the Baron Pilot series should show you is you can get almost anywhere you want to go and don't necessarily have to go into weather except for approach. Then then you don't have much of a choice. Right. But I had always said to her, and it's a shame too. I was like, if ever you have problems, going back to your speed thing. If you have any problems, I'm like, here's what we're gonna do, because you know, I'm the genius. I'm like, we're gonna I'm gonna take you up in the baron. And so if you got problems doing steep turns or doing any maneuvers, I'm gonna take you up in the baron because everything's gonna happen so much faster that if you can do it in the baron, 
once it slows down to 172 speeds, it'll be, it'll be cake. And um, there's two parts to that. Part number one is, well, those are never the problems she had, so <laughs> rock on. <laughs> and then the second part was the parent was actually in the shop <laughs> getting AC put in it. Um, so so it, wasn't it wasn't available anyways. So, you know, while I was a genius, uh, apparently I'm an well, idiot. <laughs> and and the, one of the main issues was uh, stalls. And I'm like, it doesn't matter yeah, if we have stalled. the Baron anyways, because we can't stall it. So yeah, can, I'm like, your, your idea is, is yeah. pointless. So yeah. it was just like, <laughs> no. So... Kim, is this like kind of, uh, as the saying goes, kind of creating a monster? Are you, is your go are you starting to feel now that, uh, A, you mentioned you want a single, so there's going to be another plane. You guys will have to fly formation to go somewhere for lunch. Um, yeah. Or B, is this going to be a rock, paper, scissors for the left seat coming up? Yeah, hot and hairy, so, just me. <laughs> so what this has done is I, I started creating like thoughts in my head of how how can I create more people to um to see GA you know originally I had said I never knew about GA you know about planes you know about that people fly but do you know about GA and how so how can I do that and now I'm just trying to figure out how I can get more people into GA get more people into airplanes whether they're passengers or not um getting them comfortable um, and then obviously getting more women and girls into aviation in and of itself too. Um, so something that I've always said I want to do is do, um, like pilots and paws and angel flights and things like that. That's not the easiest thing to do in the Baron. Um, it's way more expensive. It's, you know, it's just not always feasible. Um, so that inevitably means that we got to get a single, um, <laughs> That's called pilot. That's called folks. So uh, you you have graduated to pilot rationalization. Absolutely. Exactly. We now so, need two aircraft. Right. Well, and that was the whole thing. And and then there was the other excuse that I tried to um, convince him of, which was, you know, those airports that we just can't get into that are too short for the Baron that are really fun to go to. That's why we need the single. And he's like, no, we're not going to travel in a slow plane. And I'm like. Yeah, I am. I don't know about you, <laughs> but like, that's the whole thing is let's travel. Yeah. When we need to take the big plane to go to places fast and longer distances, we'll take the Baron. But when we need to go to that, you know, grass strip or, or, um, I always forget like not Apalachicola, but there's this Island that's right off of, um, the West coast of Florida that we cannot get into. Like, ever in the Baron. And I'm like, that would be a super cool place to fly into, have a good time, a little vacation, but we can't go. And that's the excuse that I am sticking to as to said, why I need Yeah, Perfect. listen, I, I do want to say this real quick, because um, I know we're getting close to, to running out of time, is that I, I am super proud of Kim. I'm super proud of how far she's come and everything she's done um, in, in, her pilot training and, and even more than her pilot training um, off camera wasn't around once she actually got in we talked about it, her actually having the bug and now she, she's thinking about it, she wants to go fly more the other thing she brought up was um, she's like hey how and we sat down and talked about it how can I help promote aviation how can I 
make an influence in in the aviation community that helps bring people in. And she wanted to do something and give back. And this was on her own because I'm like, well, we have the channel. We are giving back. But she's like, no, I want to personally, I want to give back. And it, it made me so proud to, to see like she's come so far. She's accomplished so much. And instead of just being like, this is great. Like, this is what this I did. This, she's like, no, okay. Now that I've had this, how can I share this? How can I help other people to get from where I was to where I'm going and bring them along with me? And um, we're still working on, you know, the ideas and, and what exactly that's going to look like for her. But the mere fact that she wants to do that and do that herself is, is fantastic. I am I'm, I'm so pr- more proud than she'll ever know. So it's cool. I absolutely love that. Kim, I see a a super cool stole tra- tail dragger in your future and, <laughs> and and see you like dropping into events and uh, and and you know calling back home and saying, I'm sorry you weren't able to make it here in the Baron. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's a true story right there. You're on Flying SIC on YouTube and uh, you can uh, t- uh, check out one of our videos of where we went. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Well, the series is the road to PIC, and uh, it's just it's just absolutely wonderful. I'm thrilled that you've done it, and I'm thrilled with so much that you've accomplished. And I really appreciate both of you taking the time to join us here tonight on Social Flight Live. Thank you. We really appreciate the yeah, time no. that you gave towards us. Absolutely. absolutely. Thanks for having us on. You got it. Thanks, guys. You have a good evening. You too. You too. Bye, guys. And to all of you, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to join us here on Social Flight Live. Next Tuesday, we are back August 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern with Boeing 737 educator, aeromechanic, pilot, CFI, Mel Williams. He has such a wonderful story of everything that he does in aviation and how much he gives back. So be sure to tune in for that episode. Following that on Tuesday, September 6th, Vans Aircraft is here. Greg Hughes from Vans Aircraft is going to talk about the new RV-15 and so many cool things going on at Vans. So that will be a very special episode to be here for and get an inside scoop of what's going on. And then on Tuesday, September 13th at 8 p.m. as usual, I am very honored that Nicole Malakowski, former Thunderbirds pilot, will be joining us here to talk about her experience and pilot health. It'll be a very special evening to talk about some things that she has dealt with in her life and challenges that she's overcome and some of the things that she can pass along to help all of us that are only one medical or one issue away from having to face some very tough decisions when it comes to our flying careers. For Social Flight, I'm Jeff Simon. Thank you so much again for joining us. Blue skies. Thank you.